Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken, and we are back on Amazing Business Radio with another amazing episode. And you know what? I'm excited because we have a, a repeat offender as I like to refer to her. It's Martha Brooks. She is back again. She is a black belt in Six Sigma amongst being a certified customer experience professional and other things. But we're going to get to that in just a moment. Let me remind you of a few real quick, important uh, thoughts. And that is number one, if you've got an amazing story or a question that you want to share, please just reach out to me on any of the multi social media channels that we are on you know what they are, they're YouTube, they're Twitter, they're Facebook, they're, they're everything. You know what, use the uh, hashtag AskShep and I'll answer questions. I'll either answer them right then and there in that actual media or I'll do it on this show or maybe I'll do it on my TV show titled Be Amazing or Go Home and you can watch that on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV and now we've actually... I've been allowed to put them on YouTube. So all of the episodes are on YouTube. Just go to um, beamazing.tv and you can watch the episodes. So we've done season one. We're in season two right now. And it's a great show. All right. Into our interview for this week. She's back again. And this time we want to talk about customer feedback. I think that is so important to get customer feedback. And Martha Brooke has been here before, as I mentioned. Uh, she is a certified customer experience professional. The last time I believe I saw her in person, I was at CCW, which is a major event in the support world. Uh, I believe it stands for uh, Contact Center Week. And it's actually uh, during the week and it's several days long, and it's the most amazing presenters talking about anything and everything to do with customer support. So I saw her getting ready to go jog and stay fit and in shape, and here she is with us, healthy as ever. Welcome back to the show, Martha. Thank you, Shep. So we're going to talk about customer feedback, and you know, I'm getting ready to write a book, another book. Oh, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Number eight, and that book is all about the one stat that matters most. In my mind, you can have net promoter score, you can have customer CSAT or every other kind of, of measurement. But to me, the one that matters the most is does the customer come back mm, again okay. and again and again. That's the stat that I'm mostly interested in. But to get there, to understand how to drive that experience, we've got to find out from our customers what's making them happy, right? Right. And sad. <laughs> And sad. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess there's that positive, optimistic side of me. I guess <laughs> it could be. Yes, let's find out what makes them sad and stay away, but let's find out what makes them happy and want to come back. So, Martha, my question is, let's start, let's get right into it. What, tell us about customer feedback. Why is it important? Why have you said, Jeff, this is what I want to talk about today? I think it's really interesting to think about the future of customer feedback. So I wanted to talk about customer feedback today because it's always relevant, right? Like if you're not listening to your customers, it's really hard to guide the ship. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to guide the ship, Shep. Um, say but... that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today I thought it would be really interesting in the COVID times to talk about the future of customer feedback. So what I've been thinking about is how are our interactions with customers changing in these times? 
um, so often said these unprecedented times. And what I think, and I'm interested in your take on this, Shep, is I think our interactions are simply more valuable. And we're thinking more in, in, in a time of existential crisis, we're thinking more about what really matters. And so when it, it used to be in all of two, you know, two months ago, you'd come home and, and Shep, tell me if you've had this experience too, you'd come home from a business trip and you'd have at least five surveys waiting for you. You had Delta Airlines, you had- Five, that's a day, not at the end of the trip, that's daily. Right, okay. So you had this kind of deluge of it, and there were a lot of them asking the same exact question. How likely are you to recommend us? How satisfied are you? You know, just this kind of what I'd call pestering. And I think that in these times, we're thinking more about how can we show value and treat people with value and respect and dignity. And because interactions will become rarer, it's important to make as much, get as much value and give as much value through our interactions as possible. And so I think it does, and it should change the course of surveys somewhat. And maybe actually in a pivotal way, it will change surveys. Well, I hope uh, I, by the time people are listening to this, I'm hoping the light is not only can we see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we may be in the light, if not really close to approaching it. But I think you're right. What's happened two or three months ago uh, before COVID-19 is um, a different way of life that we may never get back to. Exactly. And that's my point. Yeah. yeah. I also believe, to your point, that it could be, God, it's terrible. We can't look at this pandemic and say, oh, this has been a great thing. It hasn't. It's been disastrous. The economy, the death, the not necessarily in that order, by the way. I just want to say the, the illness, uh, the, 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 what it's doing to people is devastating. But at the same time, there's some really good things coming out of this. Uh, I'm writing articles for Forbes about the good I see, the people, that reasons to smile. This may be one of them. Less surveys or at least more meaningful surveys. Exactly. For sure. yeah. Exactly. So, so let's talk about survey fatigue for a moment uh, sure. because this, this is one of your talking points and I just want to get into it. I think that it's real and I want your take on it. I think we're getting so many surveys that they don't mean anything to us anymore. Right. Right. So I think there are four, and we're a customer feedback research company, so we do surveys. Um, but there are four main times for, where it really makes sense to do surveys. So I thought maybe we could run through those. Yeah. Um, and, and the first is, it's that tracking study survey. It's, um, it's often a B2B situation where the customer relationships are maybe with OEMs or distributors, um, maybe they are with end users, but the relationships are worth a lot. And so the customer- By, by the way, user, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm going to, because I can't. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's your show, Shep. I think this is a really important point. B2B and B2C, both of them need surveys, but realize this, if you're a business consumer, if I'm looking to go buy a shirt in a mall, and I walk in the mall and I don't like the way I'm being treated, there's 10 other stores that I can buy that shirt from, right? But if I'm in a B2B situation and you're selling me something very specific, maybe you manufacture a component of some kind, there's probably very few 
uh, metaphorical stores I can go to, vendors I can find that would sell me exactly what I need. If I lose this customer, they're going to go somewhere else. I may never have a chance to get them back. They may never walk back into my mall again. So that's, that's why right. so important to your point that this relationship is managed well. Right. So, and in that situation, um, the customer actually has something to gain. If you're a distributor or OEM, you really do want to give feedback to the manufacturer. You really, it really, it's a two-way street. So it matters to you, um, especially if you see that the, uh, the client or manufacturer, that they're listening to your feedback and acting on that feedback. So when it's a true two-way street um, and it's done as a tracking study, absolutely, it makes sense to do that survey because you're adding value to the customer. Um, the second situation would be, and we do these kinds of surveys every day, it's, a, it's often a tech support or it's a customer service survey where it's handled as a two-way street such that the customer can, can, can um, either just reply to the email with their thoughts about what needs to be improved or why they were satisfied, or they can go through the survey, but there are openings within the survey so that they can share their their innermost thoughts about what they want and they have a channel so that, that the company can get back in touch with them. So say you're, you're thinking, oh, my, my, my issue really wasn't resolved. You can indicate that in the survey and have the engineering team say, give you a call back with a more precise answer or a more robust answer. So it's really, it's a way for the customer to communicate with the company as much as it's a way for the company to get a read on the customer. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I think what you said is when the engineers or whoever it is in customer support, and it doesn't matter now if it's B2B or B2C. Right. Uh, I think that when they respond back to the customer, something really important happens. The customer feels like they were heard, right. that they're being responded to. And that's, that's uber important uh, at right. this time, because if uh, so many times, uh, many people won't take a survey because they say in the past, I haven't been, there's no way I know if they're even getting it. They never respond to me. Nothing ever changes. And I think that's frustrating to a customer. Oh, absolutely. And so if the survey is set up from the get-go, so the, the survey invite says, um, we're in, we'll be passing your feedback on, we'll get back in touch with you if you need more guidance in area XYZ. Um, the, it makes it just much more inviting. And again, you're, you're giving and receiving value through that yeah. kind of interaction, yep. right? Um, yep. the, third, the third situation would be, I call it get it off your chest. So this is a survey that's generally one rating question, like rate this touch point on a scale of zero to 10 or zero to four or one to five, whatever it is. And then it's a question that has to really map to your brand, but it could be, tell us how to improve or tell us what's in your mind or tell us uh, what you think about our products or tell us how we rate in the marketplace. But something that's a, it's a provocative, interesting conversational question um, that opens customers up and they can kind of share what they're really thinking about as, as opposed to that manacled, you know, go through 20 questions, many of which you've seen before. It just doesn't have that feel of listening. So if it's something short and I can write kind of, I can just go off and rant or riff or then, then you're, you're, you're adding value. Right? So it's a very specific, it's a survey, not about the entire experience as much as it's about this particular experience. And if you've got enough customers that you can ask, 
multiple places. Uh, if there's multiple touch points you want to find out about, and you can ask a number of customers about each one, you're going to get a lot of data and a lot of opportunity. Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come sure. back, we're going to hear about number four. Okay. I can't wait for number four. We're talking with Martha Brook, and we will be right back. Don't go away. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So, what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Talk with Martha Brook, who is the founder of Interaction Metrics which is all about interaction and measuring. So let's go ahead and talk about number four. We've got the first three. Number four. Number four is when you're materially compensating your customer or end user. So that could be um, embedding within your survey a priority code to jump to the front of the line on tech support. It could be a Starbucks or Amazon gift card. Um, what we do with our surveys is we would embed that code into the survey and then automatically send it as an email as well. And then in the email invitation to take the survey, you're saying, we so appreciate you taking five minutes to share with us that we'd like to share in kind with you, this priority code, this gift card, whatever it might be. I think this is brilliant. The, the, uh, I mean, not, not giving somebody a Starbucks gift card, but giving somebody priority access to support in exchange for feedback. Because right. we don't want you to be just a customer. We want you to be our partner. Right. And so we want to hear from you and we'll make you a deal. If you would fill out our survey, you're going to be moved to the front of the line. And by the way, I don't think anybody should have to wait very long, but you'll be given priority. I think that makes people feel really special. What a brilliant, brilliant strategy. And now why don't you feel like that about the, doing a gift card? Well, I think it's nice. It's compensation, right. but compensation, some people fill out the gift card uh, for the idea of, I, I'm starting to fill out the gift card, fill out the survey just to get a gift card, okay? No, because we keep, the, keep it small. It's like a latte card. You know, yeah. it's just enjoy a latte on a, a latte for you and your, your friend on us. You know, it's put me, give me priority service. Yeah, yeah. That means okay. I'm tied to you. Right. Not right. to the idea that you're giving me a perk. So right. we talk about the, you know, frequent flyer miles. That's a marketing program, not a loyalty program. Right. Yeah. Now, loyalty is, you know, when Virgin Air was so good that people would, I don't care about the perks. I will always fly on Virgin Air, right? You know, that's the way it used to be. I, I guess it still may be. But if you do something that endears me to your company for more business versus, well, this is nice of you to give me a latte in exchange for a little feedback. I mean, I want to call your people up again if you're going to give me priority support. You're training me to work with you more. Right, right. So those are the four good ways to use surveys. The tracking study where the customer relationship matters, the 
a two-way street where you get to have somebody call you back if your issue isn't resolved or you need more product guidance or whatever it might be. The Here's a, a code, so we're materially compensating you or the get it off your chest. Those are four good reasons to do surveys and, and really where you're giving value and you're receiving value. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then I thought it might be useful to talk about, well, there are ways to do customer feedback that aren't surveys at all. Um, it was, is that a good direction to yeah. go in? So, how do, so here's the question. So Martha, how do you get feedback if you don't want to do a survey? Okay. Funny you should ask. <laughs> Funny you should ask. So I'll tell you my favorite research method is the customer interview. And the customer interview can be done as an exit interview. So as the customer is leaving your, your medical office or your, it's usually more like a veterinary, they're HIPAA things that get in the way of, of like an internist, but it could be elective, it could be vets, um, or it could be, you know, your retailer or, you know, your restaurant. So the exit interview or even better is the recorded customer interview. So an over the phone interview, kind of like we're doing right now, Chef, where it's a genuine give and take um, and you get it on tape and then you get to really go through and find the emergent themes and code that data and read it back to the client and why the interview is so good is exactly why this is so good is you hear things that you didn't know to ask about like mm -hmm. i didn't exactly know where this interview was going to go it just goes where it goes and that's so unlike a survey. A survey is set, you've designed from the outset what you think is important and you ask about that. The interview, when it's done well, really follows along in a smooth way where the customer is going. So tell me, who do you consider to be XYZ's competitor? Well, what do they do well? Um, tell, tell me about the marketplace at large or questions like, I'm interested in everything you have to say about XYZ and the XYZ marketplace. You know, statements like that, Oh, really true open-ended questions that get the customer disarmed and sharing. And the fact is, customers love it. They love to be heard. Do they, and, yeah. you, this is the kind of survey, though, you're not calling them in the middle of dinner. And oh, no, 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 no. This is meeting. set up professionally. Just like this, it's set up professionally with, um, there's an email and a calendar invite and, a, you know, when is it convenient for you? And, you know, it's, very professionally set up so that it's, yeah, it's not like the BMW dealer, you know, they call back, just want to make sure everything's good and you're always in a meeting and it's always annoying. This is By where the way, it's, like it's not just BMW, it's also Cadillac and Mercedes and Toyota. It's all brands. Let's not say Okay, well, it's all- And by the way, I don't even own a BMW, but you know what? They're still a pretty darn good car. <laughs> They're a good car, but they really, it's this, this business about calling the customer during the day with just wanting to make sure the service was, it's like, no, that's not the it's way not to cool. do it. You're not yeah. showing value. Yeah. Right. But if you set it up in advance with the, you know, the Outlook calendar invite, and sometimes there is a perk. Um, if you're talking to a CEO, that perk could be $200 to, you know, $200 on Amazon. Um, and, it, you know, it's not so much for a CEO that it's going to, taint the survey it's enough that they'll uh give you they're interested in giving you their feedback and they feel rewarded for sharing their feedback yeah i'm not so sure i mean i struggle with compensating somebody uh, at that level because they're one of two hundred dollars but what if you said hey we're going to make a donation to your favorite charity 
would you share with us what it is? I think that, I mean, to somebody who's at a high level where money mm -hmm. is probably not as important to them, but boy, their feedback is worth a hundred times more than anything you could pay. To right, get. right. That would be something that pulls at their heart a little bit. And, uh, you know, he or she would be more open to uh, taking a half an hour out of a very busy day to spend time to give you the feedback. And I think the key is to what your point is, you, you have an agenda, but you give the customer a lot of control as to where that agenda goes to. Exactly. Um, so when we do it as a donation, generally we'll give a choice of three to five charities. Mm -hmm. so, th so that's a great point. Is that It really depends on what title you're talking to, whether it's, you go charity or choice of charities, whether it's the Amazon or Starbucks card. Um, and sometimes there's no compensation whatsoever because it's such a close relationship to say it's the distributor or OEM that they just intrinsically want to share um, because what's good for them is good for the client and, you know, vice versa. And here's a good one. And then I want to, we have to wrap it up. And I have my one thing question as I'm thinking, what would be a great perk for the company that's compensation, but is not to an individual is, Hey, if you'll spend a little time with me, I'm going to buy your team lunch. I'm going to send pizzas and salad and, you know, a couple of big bottles of soda over to you just as a way of saying thanks and let you guys know we appreciate your business. That could be a great um, oh, I like it. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. We are to the one thing question where I get to ask the final question. And what is the one thing you want this audience to remember? Something different than we've talked about, or you can reiterate something we already have talked about. Martha, oh, great wise one. Yeah, I would, would say, be? yeah, the customer feedback should be a give and get value. And then I'd just like to go in a 10 second detour here and say, if you are doing interviews or you're using your open ends, by all means, please, please, please code that data so that it can be quantified. You know, tag and categorize it so you can get real themes out of it. Don't just make it sort of like a reading exercise. So um, make it meaningful, make sure you're giving and getting value. And I think you'll be on your way to great customer feedback. Great, getting feedback, that is so important. Martha Brook, the founder of Interaction Metrics, back on the show, a repeat offender. Thanks for being here. We love having you. I hope to see you at CCW this summer. If we're lucky, we'll all be meeting. Uh, may have to keep our little social distance, but um, hopefully we'll be together sooner than later. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I promise you next week, we will have another amazing interview. So stay tuned, come back. And until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.